Let me pray for us uh, as, as we come to think about this. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all your goodness to us. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would speak through your word by your spirit this morning. Father, equip us and encourage us and send us out to be a blessing in this world, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You'll see the number on the screen. Please do take that down with my name. Stick it in your contacts over the next couple of days. Please keep sending in your questions. It's been a joy to read them. Uh, we've had some uh, around the idea of being uh, embodied as the image of God and what does that mean. So we'll have a look at that later on uh, in the seminar. But take that number down. Uh, any questions that you have, WhatsApp them in over uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, that would be great. If you've got your little booklets, um, uh, do open them up on your devices. Uh, if we could move the screen on one. Uh, last, yesterday we were um, looking at this family and just trying to lay out uh, what is going on, what the problem is. Today's dead easy. We just got to fix it. That's all we got to do, okay? So if, you've, uh, if, if you can see on the screen uh, those five different movements, uh, I want you to think back to Maeve. Do you remember Maeve? Uh, and as, as you look on those screen of uh, the five different things, uh, about the hurt, about the emotions, about the story, about the patterns, about the sanctuary, remind yourself about Maeve. Um, so do, do you remember her, her mom went through that difficult time? She lost her mom. Uh, and, and Maeve was brought up very protected. Remember the bouncy castle? And, and actually that wasn't good for her. And the, the difficulty that she went through in life was that she was constantly overprotected. And, and in terms of the emotions that sparked in her, Maeve is scared of her shadow. She's terrified of everything. Fear is her constant companion that walks with her the whole way through. And she's created a story about her place in the world. You know what the story is for Maeve? I'm too small and the world is too big. I'm too small and the world is too big. The world is too dangerous and difficult and I'm not equipped for it. Uh, and that, that set up a whole pile of uh, patterns in her life. Uh, she is a constant worrier. She, she always goes to disaster. Everything is going to go wrong all the time for everyone. She, she's constantly trying to engage with it and she will talk to anyone who will listen about her worries, even annoying some people about the constant worrying, and it's shaping uh, her relationships and how she deals with the future. Do you remember her sanctuaries where she goes to for to get a bit of, of quiet? Shopping. You know, the stuff doesn't even come out of the bags. It just, you, you go shopping and you get a little bit of enjoyment. Uh, what was the other one? The, the, the eating, the comfort eating of, of find a bit of reprieve in all the noise. And what, what I want you to see is that journey. Uh, so Tiernan, do you remember Tiernan, the little boy? Uh, what was the hurt that he went through? Remember, what he, he, he was late for school, forgot his homework, missed, missed the goal. And, and each time he annoyed and irritated or disappointed someone. And what was the, the thing that the lad said when he missed the goal? You are useless. And... And, and he's starting to believe it. 
Uh, and so he's telling him a story about himself of maybe, maybe actually that guy hit it, the nail on the head. Maybe, maybe I am useless. Uh, and that's shaping his, his life. So he's sitting home uh, at, at dinner time, and, and everything's fine in one way, and yet he's subdued. He's not engaging, and he doesn't know why. And you remember his sore tummy? Just worried about what's happening. So uh, he's had a difficult day at school. It's created sadness and fear. He's telling himself a story about how he's useless. At home, he's, he's subdued and withdrawn. He has a sore tummy. What's his sanctuary? Iron Man 3, isn't it? Just go, and, well, maybe not that one. Maybe a good one. Uh, Civil War. <laughs> he goes and watches Civil War for a, for a little while and just escapes the noise that's going on in here. Um, and what I want you to see is that the behavior is not random. That as water reflects the face, so the life reflects the heart. But it's not always obvious. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but the one who is in sight draws them out. Um, what I'd like to do is I want to develop this story. So if you're on, uh, if you're on the handout, go to page 16. Um, and, and things are getting... Um, Things are going to get a, a, a wee bit worse for this family. Now, I don't, I don't know if you pick this up. As you read this, I don't know if you think, oh my goodness, this family's a mess. Or if you think, actually, this is really, really small. Actually, it gets a lot messier than this, okay? Gets a lot more painful than this. Um, and so it's good to explore it here because life gets a lot harder than we see on these few pages. Um, so page 16, uh, Tanya's going to uh, read out uh, the extra bit of this story. And then what I'd love to do today is to focus on Maeve and Tiernan. Uh, so this side, in a second, uh, once Tanya's finished reading, I want you to talk to the person beside you, the few people around you, uh, about Tiernan. And you guys talk about Maeve, Tiernan, Maeve, and to see what's going on with uh, Tiernan, what's going on with Maeve, and how might you help them move forward. Is that okay? So you guys on Tiernan, you guys on Maeve, uh, page 16 of the handout, Tanya's going to read okay. it out. Okay. So, moving forward on the journey. Tiernan has recently been struggling with anxiety. It was his turn to read up front in the school assembly, but as he was waiting to go up, he had a mild panic attack. His teacher rings home and asks Maeve if they should encourage him to opt out of doing public reading. Also, a new cinema has opened in town and Tiernan's friends have invited him to go next Friday. This would be the first time for Tiernan to go out by himself without one of his parents. He wants to go out, but he's feeling scared. He doesn't know why. He just knows that his tummy is sore at the thought of going. In school, Sinead has been asked to do team-based coursework projects. One of the members of the team is a particularly unkind girl who knows what Sinead did, that she cheated with her friend's boyfriend. And she delights in making Sinead feel small. As Sinead joins the group, this girl screws up her face and says, look who it is. Sinead is deeply embarrassed and awkward. She sits quietly on the edge and doesn't speak in the group. When Sinead gets home, she goes to her bedroom and cries her eyes out. She's ready to self-harm when Maeve comes in and Sinead breaks down and tells her all that has happened this past year at school. 
When Brennan gets home, he sits down with Maeve to chat about Tiernan and Sinead. She also tells him that she's had a health scare. An x-ray she has recently showed a shadow on, her scan, shadow on the scan. The doctor rang and said that he wants her to come in for further testing. Maeve knows she is going to be tortured with anxiety until she gets the results. She's worried it's serious, that, it's, that she's going to die, that the kids will be left without a mother. She is in bits. Brennan tries to tell her that worrying won't help, and it's probably nothing, though the mention of death sparks a painful buried memory. When Brennan was 13, his older brother died of bone cancer. After the funeral, the brother was never talked about in Brennan's home. Maeve is aware that Brennan has had an older brother, but they ne they've never talked about him either. He skips over the memory quickly, and he moves on. Brennan jokes that while everybody is confessing their struggles, maybe it's time for him to do the same. And with deep awkwardness, he tells Maeve that at work, he has had two official complaints lodged against him. He verbally abused one of his supervisors when he was asked to redo a piece of work. If he gets one more complaint, the company will let him go. Maeve knew something was wrong. She struggles to sleep at night, and Brennan always nods off quickly. But recently, she has seen how unsettled his sleep is. He's clearly having nightmares, and sometimes the sheets are soaking wet with sweat. All four of them are feeling hammered. Okay, so uh, you guys, if, if we could talk about Tiernan, what's going on uh, with him. Uh, he's supposed to be reading in the front of the assembly hall. What are you, you going to say to him? What would you advise uh, Brennan, uh, Maeve, in order to help Tiernan? For you guys, you're thinking about uh, Maeve, and she's had this health scare, and she's going to have two weeks of waiting before it comes. How could you help Maeve? Take five minutes tear away. Okay, if we pull some of those together. I hope that's it sorted. I hope, uh, I hope Maeve is entirely at peace and Tiernan has said his speech in front of the school assembly hall. If only life was that simple. Um, as you're thinking about Maeve, we'll think about Maeve first, then we'll have a think about Tiernan. Um, anxiety is... It's destroying her life, isn't it? Yeah. But a huge question for her to ask her is whether anxiety is her enemy. It certainly feels like it, doesn't it? Like, can you imagine being, Maeve, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And, and in some sense, it's easy to feel like anxiety is uh, destroying her life. But, I, but I, I want you to change slightly the way that we think about it. Uh, imagine, a, uh, imagine a different lady, okay? Uh, imagine someone came, uh, this lady, she's, she's got a lovely family, she's married to a good man, uh, but she is emotionally distant from him and, and, and generally very anxious. And she comes and she says, this, this anxiety, this, this emotional distance is destroying my marriage. And she says, I just want it gone. It's my enemy. And you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in some sense, it is. The, I mean, the anxiety is, 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 is whirling you around and the distance you have from your, your husband and your, it's, it's, it's not good. It's wrecking your marriage. It's poisoning everything around you. It needs to stop. But it's not as simple as saying, actually, that's her enemy. Imagine that, that lady that I've described who's emotionally distanced from her husband and, and constantly anxious. Roll back the clock 25 years when she was a seven-year-old girl 
And she was sitting there playing in, in, in the living room and doing what you know, a seven-year-old girl would do with, uh, with whatever. And then the front door handle goes, and it's her dad. But he's not a good man. She gets anxious. And she leaves the living room, and she goes to the bedroom, and she closes the door because she has sense. Because if she stays in that living room, she's going to be kicked around. And so every time she hears that door open, the anxiety kicks in. And where does she go? She goes somewhere safe. And everything in her is saying, I should love this man. But there's something else in her saying, I need to keep him like this because he will destroy me at seven years old. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that anxiety and that emotional distancing a gift from God to keep her safe? Because she is not safe. Then she grows up and by God's grace finds a good man and gets married to him. But the anxiety is still there. It's the the very thing that kept her safe as a kid. It's the very thing that when she heard the front door go, she ran for the hills. It's the very thing that when she saw her daddy, she treated him like this. And now she's in a marriage with a good man. But the anxiety is still there, and the emotional distancing is still there. Is the anxiety and the emotional distancing her enemy? (sighs) Those things kept her alive. Uh, Imagine a a soldier goes off to to, to war in, in, in Baghdad or wherever it is. See, every time he walks down the street and he hears a rustle in the bush, do you know what? He's on edge. Every, every time a local comes to him with, with a present, does he say, well, this is amazing, let me, or, or, or does he say, you stand there and keep back? It's that anxiety, it's that being on edge, it's that mistrust that keeps him alive in Baghdad, isn't it? Imagine that same soldier comes home and is at kinfire. And every time the lights go on, he runs for cover because he thinks a helicopter is coming. Every time he goes to the canteen, he's looking to see if they're putting poison in his dinner. It would destroy him, wouldn't it? And it would destroy those around him. But anxiety is not the enemy. In the appropriate situation, it's what keeps us alive. And what we've learned recently is that you, you don't just train a soldier to go to war and prepare for it, you have to train them to come back. That little girl, seven-year-old in the living room, she learned to be anxious. She learned to emotionally distance. No one ever taught her to engage. No one ever taught her how to live in peace. And she's a little soldier married to a good man, still living in Baghdad. But anxiety and emotional distancing is not necessarily the enemy. And see Maeve, bless her, anxiety is destroying her life. It will. And and just like a soul, just like that other little girl, she needs to be trained on how to handle this thing that is amazing and that can keep you alive in difficult times how to use it appropriately in the situation 
that you're in. Uh, if, if I said to you, in the, in the Bible, where do you go? What, what verse would you go if you were dealing with anxiety? We know where it is. Where, where would we go? There's a, there's, there's, there's a few. You could, go to one, you could go to 1 Peter 5. Uh, Philippians 4 is a good one, isn't it? I love it. Let me, let me, let me read it out. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petitions with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's beautiful, isn't it? Where, where, where he says, listen, the, the spinning in that wheel of anxiety, forget about it. You see all those things that are out of control? Take them and lay them at God's feet because you've laid yourself at God's feet. Offer them to him as the one you have entrusted yourself to him. Now entrust your worries and your, and, 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 and your fears and your anxiety to him. Because if you can entrust him with your own soul, you're going to entrust him with your worries. He's good. And see Maeve as she gets the, 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 the sort of scare. And, and she's, oh, she's got two weeks. What's that home going to be like for two weeks? You know it's going to be tough, don't you? There's, gonna, there's not going to be a night that is slept. Um, she is going to be spinning in that worry. And what you would love for her to be able to do is to take that worry and to lay it at God's feet and say, I can't control this. I got no say over this. Can I leave it with you, God? And he'll say, yeah, you can. But here's the thing. Those aren't the only verses in Scripture that talk about what to do when you're anxious. In fact, there's a, there's a very different set of Scriptures that give us a window in to how we are to cope when our back is to the wall and we are just utterly terrified. If you've got your Bibles, flick to, to Joshua, uh, Joshua chapter 1. Um, Joshua chapter 1, and we'll pick it up at verse 6. Uh, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. And listen, Joshua is terrified. Uh, Moses is, is fading into the background. Joshua has been commissioned to take these boys into the promised land, and he is like, I can't, I'm terrified. How are we going to do this? So Joshua chapter 1, um, so we'll pick it up at verse 6. Uh, Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to your forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's amazing. Where he's, he's saying to, to Joshua, I'm with you. So go and be strong 
and be courageous. Why? Because I am with you every step of the way. That's what gives you strength. That's what gives you courage. That's what gives you bravery. Go because I am with you. He doesn't just say, just sit down and have a prayer about it. He says, go and do it. Be strong and courageous and brave because I am with you. And, and there are some things in our lives, like the scan on the doctors, that we simply have no control over. And Philippians 4 says, take it before the feet of God and entrust it to him, knowing that you can entrust all things to him. He can take your worries and leave them there. But there are other times where God says, hang on, I've got a job for you to do. And, 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 and don't just sit there. Get up and go and be brave because I am with you. Do you know, Maeve needs two things, not just one. She needs to learn to entrust things that are out of her control to God. But she also needs to learn to be brave. Actually, see, when God is with her, Maeve is tougher than she thinks and she is braver than she knows because God is with her. Do you remember the bouncy castle? Here's a, here's a girl who thinks the bouncy castle is too dangerous. Her whole life is filled with, I can't do it. And there's times, Philippians 4, she needs to lay those things before God that are out of her control and entrust them to him. But there are also times where she needs to learn to be brave because she has learned to be scared, even of bouncy castles. And with Maeve, if all we do is teach her to lay things at the foot of uh, God's feet, that's amazing for half of them we also need a teacher to be brave. Now, we'll get to that later, about how we do that. Um, but I want us to, to, to think about Tiernan for a second, because see Maeve and, and Tiernan, can, can you feel the anxiety that is bubbling away? Okay, if I, if I ask you this, why are people anxious? Now, I, I don't mean, like, we're all anxious, Yeah? And we should be anxious. Think of Baghdad. We, we should all. But, but there are some of us, like Maeve, where anxiety is just woven into us so deep. Why are people anxious? Do you remember the proverb? As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. It, it's not random. Where does it come from? Actually, there's some real common places that that deep anxiety comes from. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember the girl I talked about in the living room with the door handle and the dad? See if you have grown up in a volatile home where you don't know what's coming through that door. I'm telling you, anxiety will have been your companion for a long time. But that's not the only one. Do you know a really common one? Is Maeve's. Overprotection where you have someone telling you, you're so small and I, and I have to protect you and put cotton wool around you, and the kid believes it and grows up thinking everything is dangerous. 
Overprotection is a huge one where a kid will grow up thinking, actually, the world is too big and too scary, and I'm too small. Um, there's another one, see Tiernan? Anxiety is deeply contagious. Uh, you, ever seen, um, you ever seen a kid run, fall, scrape the knee? Yeah. Do you know the biggest factor of whether they get up and carry on or whether they scream and cry? There's a moment. Do you know what the moment is? The kid falls, scrapes their knee, and what do they do? They look to mommy, and they look to see what expression is on her face. And if mommy's expression is, get on with it, they get on with it. If mommy's expression is, oh, do you know what they do? Anxiety is deeply contagious. And Tiernan hasn't picked this up off the ground. There's, there's, there's other things. Um, if you have come from a home that has been ripped apart, where you're, you're quietly chuggling along on, on your merry way, and then all of a sudden, either through uh, death or through family breakdown, your family is ripped apart, anxiety, I was, I was fine. I was going about life normally, and then boom! Something just ripped it apart. If you're the black sheep of the family and you never quite know what's expected of you and you live in, or you're the golden child of the family and you're like, I have to be the golden child and what if I fall off my pet? There's a dozen things that can get that deep anxiety deep in here. And some of them are real common. And one of my hopes and one of my prayers is that we will be able to see it for what it is. Because actually, see when we have the good news of Jesus Christ, the, the Joshua 1, I am with you. The Christmas story, Emmanuel, God is with you. The, 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 the Philippians 4, that we can lay this before an amazing God, wonderful things can happen. I want us to think about Tiernan, right? Uh, this lad... Can't speak in the assembly hall. He can't go to the cinema. And you might think, well, what has that got to do with spirituality? Actually, a whole heap. Because see, see our God, like he calls us to, to love God and to love the people that God has put around us. He calls us to, uh, James chapter uh, one, to protect those who can't protect themselves. Uh, uh, Matthew 28, to, to go and tell the gospel to all nations. And if you get it in the neck, you get it in the neck, you just gotta go. Like what God calls us to is a scary, risky adventure that is going to cost us. So if poor Tiernan, can't find his way to the front of the assembly hall. We've crippled him in his ability to go and take risks and try stuff in the name of, of, of Christ, haven't we? That if we can't get him to stand in front of that assembly, if we can't get him to the cinema, how are we gonna get him to take a stand or to go here or to take this risk or to protect someone when no one else will? And so this is a deeply spiritual issue. Um, uh, we'll flick on the screen uh, four pictures. You'll see them on page 19 uh, of your booklet, page 19. Um, as you read through Scripture, we learn certain things uh, about humanity. 
that we have a, a mind that is powerful. We have a heart that drives us to what we love. We are embodied creatures. We'll come back to that one. And we are social creatures. We, we are relational creatures. We do stuff together. We're not individually isolated people on this journey. We're in this together. And see, uh, uh, see Tiernan in the assembly hall. What I want to do is I want to run through that, and then I want you to talk about how you get them to the cinema. Are you with me? So we'll, we'll do the assembly hall together, and then in your groups, I want you to get them to the cinema. Happy? So let's, let's take Tierney. He gets home and he's utterly, I don't want to do it. I don't, I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't speak in front of the assembly hall. I want you to think about his head, his heart, his body, hands. Okay? So you ask Tiernan, you know, what happened? Why, 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 why did you have that sort of, that, that, that sort of breathing attack? He's like, I don't, I don't know. I, just, I was just sitting there and then, and then teacher said, you know, it's time to get up and it's just, it just gone. I was like, well, what, what, do you th- what do you think it was? And he's like, I, I, I don't know. I was, having, I was having a fine day. You know, his tummy was a bit sore. I got to the assembly hall and all of a sudden just gone. You need to give him some words. Because see his mind? It is not clear enough yet to figure out what is happening. Well, you could say to him, well, uh, were you angry? No, nah, no, I wasn't angry. Were, were, were you feeling guilty? No, no, I wasn't feeling guilty. Were you feeling sad? No, a wee bit. Feeling scared? Yeah. Yeah, I was feeling scared. Okay. What were you feeling scared? Were you, you, is there someone in the class who's punching you? No, 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 no. So, Tira, what were you scared about? I think I was scared about reading in, in front of the, the, the assembly. Okay, okay. Tira, what did, what did you think was going to happen? I... Uh, I thought I'd get up there and I just wouldn't be able to read the words. Okay. Okay, Tiernan, but, but actually you're, you're a real good reader. I tell you what, um, we'll practice. We'll go through it. We'll read it so that, that you, you know it so well that it's, that it's, that it's crisp and clear. He's like, okay, okay, okay. Tiernan, what, what, else, what else are you worried? What, what are you worried would happen if you stumbled over your words? I'm worried the other boys would laugh at me. Okay. Okay. Tell me, when, when other people read, do they ever stumble? Oh, they stumble all the time. Okay. Does, do, the, do the older boys laugh at them? Oh, gosh, no. Teacher would rip them a new one. Right. Okay. So, so first of all, you're a real good reader. You're probably not going to stumble. Uh, but even if you do, they're probably not going to laugh because teacher would rip them a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So will you get up there? Okay, I'll give it a go. Is he going to get up there? He might. I doubt it. He might. It's going to help. You have helped him to think clearly because he doesn't even know why he's having the panic attack. You need to help him think clearly about what's happening and what he's scared of is the whole room is going to laugh at him. Okay? Now, if, if you help him to think that through clearly, it is going to help. And he might get up and he, he might do it. But by the sound of it, I don't think he will. Because there's a heart issue here as well. What's Tieran scared of? He's scared 
that if those boys laugh at him, it will make the story true. He really is useless, and now everybody knows it. Isn't he? And he, even the fact that it's so unlikely, they're not going to do it in front of headmistress, so, but, but the fact that there's even a chance, because see, see the heart, where we get our identity from, what we love most, sin will get in there and it will twist things and it will take insecurities and attach them to idols. And at the minute, the danger for Tiernan is he is basing his identity of what people think. And he is letting that suck the joy and the freedom out of his, his life. Should he care what people think? Should he? Some people. Actually, uh, do, I, do I hope that my kids care what I think? Yeah, I kind of do. Um, uh, do, 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 I, do, I, do I want my, my kids to, uh, to, to listen to some people? Yes, depends who they are. And uh, if, um, uh, if, uh, if uh, I, I got down here and I care about what my wife thinks, if she, if she said, Colin, actually, you're a horrible man, I'm going to listen to that, right? Because she knows stuff and I respect her opinion. If somebody is walking down the street and shouts across me, Colin, you're a horrible man, I'm like, super, peace be with you, brother. <laughs> Tear on your way. Okay? Tiernan needs to be taught that he should not listen to everybody's opinion. The opinion that you listen to most is God's. What God thinks of you is so more important than what anyone thinks of you. And that doesn't mean you don't care about people's opinions. It means you learn the wisdom of filtering what people say through what God has said. And so I want Terence to know, hey, mate, listen. God has called you to do amazing things to go and sacrifice and take risks. And I don't know what plan he has for you, but I would love the voice that he has given you for you to use that. And who knows how your voice will be used, but don't let idiots steal your voice. I want you to care more about what God thinks of you than what a few boys in the back row think of you. And God wants you to get up there and take risks and try stuff and use your voice. You with me? And I want Tiernan to say to himself, I care more about what God thinks than what the back row thinks. And number one, you're probably not going to stumble. And even if you do, they're probably not going to laugh. But even if they do, who gives a hoot? Because I want you to think, care about what God thinks of you, not what people on the back row, think of you. Will that get him up? Oh, it's a good talk, isn't it? I mean, it's like it's a good pep talk. And he might, honestly, he might, but he won't. He might. He might get up. Do you know what the problem is? He's more than a brain on a stick. He is an embodied creature made in God's image. And that was some of the, the, the question I got. What does that mean? Um, do you know there was, a, there was an ancient heresy that said um, uh, all created things are bad and all spiritual things are good? It's 
called Gnosticism, you know, kicked out of the church. Has, has, it cannot work with Christ, the, the embodied God, the incarnate Jesus Christ. How does that work? Is he, is he evil because he's embodied the resurrection body? How does that, how does that work? That, that from, a, from a Christian spiritual point of view, the body is amazing. God took it. He's redeeming it. The resurrection body is fantastic. And, and, and so that old heresy was kicked out years ago. There's, uh, there's, there's a sort of newer blend on it that doesn't say, well, you've got created things over there that are bad and spiritual things over here. It's more you've got, you've got physical things over here that just aren't important. All that matters is the spiritual stuff. Actually, that's just a new flavor of an old heresy. Actually, the Christian faith is, is so this created world, this created body is part of God's wonderful plan. And so see if you don't see how precious the body is. That is sub that's the, that's the old Gnostic thing dressed up in, in new clothes. And, and the phrase I, that, that um, uh, James Smith used for this is, is recently we've started to treat people like a brain on a stick. If we just give them the right information, everything will be fine. That's sub-Christian. That's a sort of neo-Gnostic, there's something wrong with creation, all that matters is the spiritual and, 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 and the rational. Actually, we have to treat Tiernan as someone who was woven together in his mother's womb, who was fearfully and wonderfully made, and whose body is precious. Now, here's the thing with the body. It remembers, and it doesn't remember with words. And you can teach it, but not with words. The body learns by experience. Tina might get up. If, if, if you do the mind and you do the heart, he, he, might, he might get up. He might. If, 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 if he's in good shape, if it's been, he, here's what's probably going to happen. He's going to be sat in that front row, and he's going to be said, I know exactly how this is going to go. I've practiced the words. I've memorized them. I know them off by heart. I'll probably not stumble, but even if I do, they'll probably not laugh because she's there. And even if they do, hey, I'm not going to be held prisoner by idiots. I care about what God thinks. And then he's going to take a step up. And do you know what's going to happen? Panic attack's going to kick in. Why? Because your body does not learn with words. And the last time it was in this situation, it thought a tiger was chasing him. Do you know what I want for Tiernan? I want to help him understand his mind, that he can think clearly through this. I, I want the gospel to shape his heart. I also want him to know that he was fearfully and wonderfully made, and he needs to calm his body. Otherwise, he will have all the right clear thinking and all the right theology in his heart, and he will still be there having a panic attack because he is an embodied creature, made in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you know if I was there with Tina, I'd love to, I'd love to lean over to him before she calls him and say, fire alarm's ringing. I bet he'd say, yeah, they're ringing. i say, I want you to do a T-tail dance. I want you to breathe yourself down. I want you to calm yourself. And I want you to tell us, just toast. This house is not on fire. And I want you to get up there and I want you to use the voice that God has given you. Will that get him up? There's a good chance. And if not, 
The fourth one. We're community creatures. We were born to connect. And sometimes we just have to be strong for each other. And maybe I'll say to teacher, hey, listen, how about, how about the first time we do this, we do it as a group where he goes up with his buddies and he stands in the back row and he learns actually we can do this. And then, and then maybe get him to do it with a, with, with a couple of people standing beside him and we'll be strong together. Let's do this. It's not easy to get Tiernan to the front. And it's not about even getting him to the front. It's about not being crippled by anxiety. It's about teaching him how to be brave by clear thinking, by a heart that is captivated by Jesus and what God thinks of him, by understanding that he has been given an amazing body that needs to be trained as much as the mind and the heart does, and by humbling himself, say, actually, sometimes just need a hand. I need someone to be strong for me. Um, we've got just shy of 10 minutes. Would you please take five minutes to get him to the cinema? Okay? Everybody, talk to the person beside you. I want him watching the next Marvel movie this weekend. Uh, I'd love to pull together. Um, throughout the day, please keep talking about that. Because tomorrow morning, I'd, I'd love to thrash through how we get turned to the cinema. Then we'll talk about um, Brennan uh, and Sinead. Uh, use these four things for, for Tiernan. What, what do we need to get clear here and here and here and, and, and support to get him there. So please keep talking about that. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, tomorrow morning. Um, if uh, any of this has, has rung true, there's a book on the bookstall um, uh, by Helen Thorne, Hope in an Anxious World. Helen Thorne is connected with um, Biblical Counseling UK. Um, please do grab that at the, at the bookstall. If you're interested in some of this, give us another click. Um, uh, one of the uh, I'm the pastor of Cartman Cross Baptist Church. I also work for Crosslands, which is an organization that helps to train folk who are going into ministry. It also seeks to give resources for the wider church. Um, my passion is theologically understanding people, um, and that has a huge impact on uh, the discussions that are happening in our world with uh, sexuality uh, and gender. And there are some amazing things that Scripture can teach us to speak into, to understand uh, that world. Um, uh, so from time to time throughout the year, we run um, uh, sessions with Crosslands. Uh, they are Zoom sessions, 90 minutes. Uh, the way it works is we work through case studies. Um, we ask people to come. We keep the groups small. Uh, we ask them to come with scenarios that are happening in uh, churches in lives, some of those situations would break your heart. Um, and we thrash through, how do we understand people? Um, there's, there's rights and, and, and there's wrongs. We also have to understand how God has made people and what the brokenness of this world does. Uh, and so if you are interested uh, in that, uh, again, WhatsApp me, I'll send you the link to that. The next one is in 
September. They are once a week in the evenings for 90 minutes on Zoom. Uh, it's an amazing chance to, to peer into the human soul uh, and to see what Scripture has to say on sexuality, uh, gender, those sort of issues. Um, my final plea is that um, I, uh, I always get nervous talking about this because I don't know most of you. Um, and I don't know if some of this opens a lid on some of the hurt and the pain that you have been through. Um, if there are things that are uh, connecting, um, afterwards at the front, um, Juliet and, and Sarah will be here to pray. Uh, if you want to come and talk to me, I'll be here at the front. Um, I'm bobbing around in the spare time. Um, please come and talk. I, I'm an extreme introvert, which means I can't do small talk. So please rescue me from small talk and let's have a proper chat. Um, uh, and so please, please take that opportunity of if any of this has um, connected um, or lifted a lid on something, uh, uh, come and pray with Juliet and Sarah and myself at the front or throughout the day, come uh, and chat. We would love to connect with you. Let me pray for us and then let's get any children that need picked up. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, your son is the one that the bruised reed, he doesn't break, and the smoldering wick, he does not snuff out. And Father, we are bruised wicks. We are bruised reeds and smoldering wicks. And we ask for your grace and your compassion to be upon us. Lord, help us to understand ourselves that we might better help those in our lives. Speak to us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.